Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. That it is at 23 degrees at 2 past 10. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sporting Goss on this Tuesday. A look out from our Optus Stadium studio, blue skies, people walking, dogs riding bikes. It is absolutely pumping here at the home of the AFL Grand Final, the home of the preliminary final, of course, on Friday night. Big show coming up. Todd Curley from the South Fremantle Bulldogs. They take on Claremont on Saturday as the Waffle Finals pick up momentum. Dan Ryan, the new West Coast Fever coach, will join us. Tyson Beattie, all things sport from the US Star Spangled Banter. And, uh, well, we've got a, a special guest about to join us very, very shortly. But before we hear from him, just want to make mention of the Lockie Neal deal. My attitude is, how do Brisbane win out of this? If they don't allow Lockie Neal to return to WA on compassionate grounds, they're frowned upon in these COVID times. But it must be remembered, a front-end contract, that Lockie Neal has already claimed 70% of his five-year contract. So Neal has basically told Brisbane... He's happy to play, but his wife, Jules, wants to return to Perth. Fremantle, they're going to have to give up something to get Lockie Neal. One first-round pick, probably the Adam Chera trade, won't be good enough to get the job done. Justin Lepich has had a lot to say on SEN Melbourne with Jared Waitley this morning in regards to what it should cost Fremantle to get Lockie Neal back. The problem is for Brisbane is if they keep Lockie Neal, it'll be frowned upon, it'll be tough in these COVID times and the compassionate times that his wife wants to get back and have a baby raised in Perth. And if they let him go and they can't get the two first-round picks, then the football club is one that suffers. Do you have, do you have an opinion? 13 12 55 or 0487 736 736. US Tennis Open is, on, is currently underway. Novak Djokovic about to advance. And Shelby Rogers, who sent our girl Ash Barty packing, has been beaten 6-1-6-2 by the world's 150-ranked player. What's going on, Ash Barty? Friend of the show, Gillian Goss. Speaking of Gillian Goss, it's five past ten. Well, it's not Gillian Goss, but we're kind enough to have the great man online from his Peppermint Grove abode. He didn't want to come all the way in. Didn't want to come all the way in because he says, look, that means I'm another 15 minutes from the beach and I need to be close to the coast. Hello, Gilly. Exactly. Good morning, mate. That's right. That's that's crucial beach time in this weather. <laughs> Can't be coming in there and getting back out there to uh, Peppermint Grove. Hang on, mate. Let's just correct that. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Just around the corner from you. Sorry, Eagle Bay. I do apologize. 
That'd be nice to do down there at the moment. Uh, good morning, mate. Yeah, just sort morning. of drop in and yeah, say good day. I was interested in talking a few uh, cricketing. I know you're across yes. all the world sport, but we'll get to that yes. in a minute. But I'm also interested in um, what did Mr. Lepich have to say? What what sort of uh, cost would it uh, be for the Dockers, in in his opinion, to secure the the signature of Lockie Neal? All right, have a listen. This is uh, Justin Lepich, who looks like he's going to re-enter the AFL coaching frame with Craig McRae, but he's uh, currently in a role of SEN. This is what he had to say. This is reaction to Lockie Neal from Justin Lepich with Jared Whateley this morning. Have a listen. Oh, it's a very sensitive topic. Only for, you know, the, the old school side of you says you signed a deal, you, you stick with it. And that's my generation of person. But in the modern day world with COVID, um, we all have partners and we all have to, you know, um, make decisions as a family and as a group. So that's the separate part of it. That's the second part of it. And I think that's the part I think, you know, Chris Fagan will focus on and I think that we should focus on because it is difficult. You think, you know... Raising your now that we've done the kids, we've done the early part of the kids. We know that you can get through the first couple of years, all right. It's hard, but you know when you're a first-time parent and you don't have family around and you've got COVID, you know you can see the stress that's going to be created around that. At least I guess if they're based in Perth, you know at least Lockie's partner would know. Or at least I've got my family around him, even if something crazy happens and Mark McGowan locks everything down and Fr- and Frio have to play out of Adelaide for a year or whatever could possibly happen next year because we don't know um, with our states and what and what's going to happen. So I can see the logic behind it and why they... Yeah, so uh, uh, that's it. That's Justin Lepich. Uh, look, I just want to play one more bit. Now, this is this is Lepich explaining the shift in pow- power with players and contracts um, where clubs are actually gilly holding no power whatsoever. Basically, the contracts aren't yeah. worth the paper they're written on. Have a listen. No. Oh, it happens quite a bit, and they know that it can get done with the mechanisms of the AFL. Whilst it's they're there to say, well, all three parties have to agree, so that's fine, but there's so many things in the background that manipulate the result potentially, you know, about because you've got uh, managers that m- manage multiple players. So there's so many things intertwined, interweaved into these decisions. It's not as cl- clear cut as, you know, it's just one particular transaction. So I-, I think it's, I think it's, if the clubs had a bit of rights, it'll actually pull it back the other way a little bit. If the players knew that, oh, I've got a three year deal, but I-, I could sell that contract to Adelaide next year. Um, and the clubs would love it because you think if you've got a potential salary cap issue coming up, you can just do a quick transaction over the phone almost. Very impersonal and it's not the Australian way. It's, I guess this is the American way. But what it does is we often see clubs that do have salary cap issues that can't fix their problems for years because they've got to wait for the player to be happy. They've got to wait for him to come out of contract. So they've got to do all the waiting. They've got to do all the hard stuff. Whereas the players, if they're in contract, they can say, oh, well, I think, you know, if you can get a deal done for me, do it. Whereas in my day, you wouldn't, that's not that long ago, you wouldn't even con- contemplate something yeah. like that. So if you were in contract, you were in contract. Yeah, you just you just do yourself up for, oh, well, I've got two years to go. I've got to get my way through it. So it's a different mindset. Um, but at the end of the day, if everyone wins, it's okay. Uh, but I, I guess, and you don't, you don't tend to see this all too often. It's probably only a handful of players that are in this position that they can put their hand up and decide where they want to go all the time. Most other people fight and scrap for their, you know, for their position on a list. Thoughts, Gilly? Uh, yeah, look, I, I hear everything that he's saying there, and I guess uh, I'm from that generation uh, similar to, to Leper that, uh, yeah, contract's a contract. We know that, that that's completely changed. I mean, in the NRL, they, they've signed on and already uh, promoted where they're heading to next year when they're still focusing on trying to win a, a premiership for a, a, a current club that a player is at. So I think it, it's it's only adding to the disenchantment of fans. I mean, the sport is still being very, very well supported, particularly 
again, through these COVID times, it's been wonderful to have sport on. And we know what it was like uh, in the initial lockdowns, you know, last year, 18 months ago, where there was nothing on. And we were all sort of, you know, so desperate to see it come back on. And we're, we're thrilled it has. But I think as far as being bolted on supporters of, of particular clubs, it's uh, really challenging to, to find a way to, to have that emotional tie when it just uh, chops and changes and you don't know who's where and, and what's going on. It's a, You almost need a, someone to sit down and, and fully explain it, um, certainly year on year. Um, and, and that makes it really, really tough for the fan base, I think. So uh, it is what it is. Player power is there. It's happened in cricket. We've seen, um, you know, uh, the, the commentary around Justin Langer's situation. Uh, if we're to believe the reporting on that, that's been player-led, almost uh, a revolt to an extent that they want him out. But, uh, but uh, yeah, players and player managers, Goss, that's who are well and truly, and players associations, it's almost uh, to the point where uh, they have equal, if not slightly more power than the the governing bodies across a lot of sports nowadays. So it's a changing dynamic. And uh, as the commercial parts of sport grow and increase, uh, it's going to be more and more uh, a feature of the, of the discussion and the sporting landscape. The front end contract, and this is what's been reported today uh, through uh, various media sources. So 70% of a five-year deal he's already taken the money for. So he's got mm-hmm. 30% left for yep. the next two years. So he's he's taken the cream, Lockie Neal, out of Brisbane already. That's very, very... So when you say, so when you say uh, front, so 70%, so that, you know, if, you know there's a larger portion of the contract yep. money is in, in the first two to three yep. years, and Correct. simple as that. Yeah, and and so he's known known that all along. Oh, yeah, clearly. Um, so it's just whether, yeah, the cynic will say there was a plan here all along. Uh, but I I don't look at it like that. I think it's a genuine COVID scenario reaction that when he signed that deal, uh, COVID wasn't around, so there was no way. But COVID was know. around when they were starting to plan to have a family. Yep, yep. But that's. Uh, yeah, sure, but I, I still don't think that that uh, was anything sinister in you know, no, getting out. No, I don't think front, it's anything front end, sinister front end, this is, 100%. Front-end no. contracts have been around for a while, haven't they? Yeah, very true. Hey, guys, big Brisbane fan, let Lockie Neal go. 46 touches two weeks ago, 15 were effective. He's past his best. Get what we can get for him and move him on, says BT, who's a Brisbane fan. And the amazing stat that keeps getting revealed, that Lockie Neal has missed seven games this year. And mm. Brisbane have won all seven. Yes. Yeah, I was talking to a Brisbane fan yesterday. See that, that exact point. So, uh, yeah, everyone's going to have an opinion. Uh, the supporter base, I mean, they, they made the finals uh, three times. Uh, they, they, they will feel like they've let it go three times, haven't they? they? They'll feel like they should have at least got to the big dance, but they, uh, they didn't. So, you know, the window's still there. It's still a, a strong performing club is... Lockie, the vital cog, I think um, a lot of footy experts would say that there's a lot more than just Lockie Neal at the Brisbane line. So if they can get some really good value, whether it's a current high-profile player or, or you know bolstering for the future, that's uh, up to them to decide.
Yeah, two first rounders is the the big call. Of course, they're pro- well, in that position at the moment. They're going to have to give uh, something to uh, they'll get something out of Carlton or whoever for pick six. Uh, so they say for for Adam Shea. A lot to play out. A lot to play out. So uh, we'll wait and see. Yeah. But as I said at the start, though, Gil, I mean Brisbane almost can't win in this situation because they can't yeah. rule with an iron fist because of COVID and the compassionate grounds, and then everyone's going to be frowned. They're going to be frowned upon because you know a poor old they're one of their star players. Wife wants to go back. Interesting enough, Lockie Neal is now looking to go to his third club, which is only his second club, but there's been no, quote, go home factor because home is South Australia. Yeah, yeah, but I guess the home factor is very much part of this one because of now his, his family, his, uh, his partner and, and, the, and the pending uh, child coming mm. along. So that's probably his part of this one, isn't it? Um, you say, you're right, Brisbane can't, win in this scenario. They may do, depending on what happens with the trade, because the Dockers, on the back of Adam Chera's situation, probably have been in the sa- put in the same position, haven't they? Because he's very much said, look, I love the club, uh, enjoy playing here, but it's, I want to get back home. So if the Dockers said, no, 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 we want to you know, hold you to a few things here or try to do what we can do to keep you here, but, but they'll let it, they'll have said, they'll, they'll happily look at the trade. So they... <laughs> You know, you never know what's around the corner. They might end up with uh, a very impressive um, football or a Brownlow medalist back at their club. It's it, it, it's just anyone's guess. In the, you know, I'm sitting here trying to work out what this cricket summer is going to look like. I've got no idea with scheduling who's mm-hmm. where we'll be playing, where the games will be happening. That's the same with this trade period, uh, particularly now with COVID thrown in amongst it as an issue. What sort of trades are going to get done? Who, it's a lottery anyway as an observer outside of it, mm. outside of the um, the industry. Um, you just sit and wait and see what the updates are, don't you? But it's going to be intriguing to see what happens. Look forward to that. If anyone's got an opinion of that, 0487 736 or you can give us a call 13 12 Gilly's online because, well, we've, let's just share what we've done. We've had to do an interview for our Friday Focus today and I'm really looking forward to the full Edit, unedited version going to air on Friday with Gillian yeah. Goss. And, I, and I'm sure people will love it. It's with a, a name synonymous to WA Sport, Gilly. It is. It's a guy that's uh, he's featuring uh, on Friday night. So we'll be running the, the full edition, obviously, in Gillian Goss on Friday morning, the morning yep. of the prelim final yep. Melbourne hot favourites. And uh, they're just such a, I guess, a sentimental voter around the um, the neutral supporters that are left in the competition now. Um, but Angus Brayshaw, uh, as you say, Goss, a family name across WA sport, a family that it's very dear to your and my heart. We've had a lot to do with uh, the variety of family members from uh, Grandad Sticks, uh, and Joan to, to James, uh, a good mate of mine, a bloke that I played a lot of cricket uh, with and against. And then now the the boys, of course, Mark, uh, his own AFL career and heavily involved in the industry. He's moved into an interesting space now, Mark, mm. in uh, in the company that he's involved in, in corporate world. But uh, And, of course, um, the boys that have uh, got out there and played that, forged their own AFL career. But Angus Brayshaw, he was... We've got it in the can, haven't we? It's going to be great to run that out. But it was a good, fun chat. Very interesting. And he's a, he's a good talker. He's a great talker. And you'll hear that uh, just after 7 o'clock for Otis Eyewear on Friday morning. But we have pulled this little snapshot out of it, Gilly. Sit back and enjoy this. Yeah. Pump up your own tyres, Big Ed. Here we go. This is Angus Brayshaw <laughs> talking about Gilly being a childhood hero and the reason why. Have a listen.
Yeah, well, I had these, uh, you, know, you might, don't mind me saying, Gilly, I had these big ears when I was growing up. And uh, <laughs> and I got very early pinpointed, uh, you know, all my brothers. We all got our flaws, you know, there's bits and pieces that sort of define us as individuals. There's four Brayshaw boys in my family, so we've got to, you know, do, do, our, you know, do our thing. And, Gilly, yeah, mate, uh, the ears, I was an ears guy. So, you know, I uh, got pigeonholed together pretty quickly. And, you know... <laughs> Uh, I've got this framed photo of you and something about, I can't remember what the message says. I probably could still dig it up somewhere, but I remember it was a badge of honour. After I realised Adam Gilchrist, because uh, we were going, geez, I would have been five, six or seven when that, that stuck, which was coincidentally around the time that you know Australian cricket was in its, uh, I would say, heyday. And I wore it like a badge of honour, mate. So that, that signed card got me through some uh, some brawls at home. And uh, I'm very appreciative for it. Right? You wouldn't even remember signing it, but I, geez, it, it served me well. Brilliant stuff. Angus Brayshaw talking about, well, <laughs> hey, and you know what? He's at home and the kid's having a crack at his lugs and all of a sudden yep. he pulls out the player card signed by you with a photo with a bit of support on it. That's uh, that's pretty good mentorship, <laughs> great man. Well, I should have asked him, is that why he wears the headgear to, to, to get the flappers <laughs> in? But, um, it was always handy when I was batting, although I did have the, I did have one of my ears sticking out through the ear guards one day and a bouncer, I ducked a bouncer oh. and it came through and just clipped the, uh, the flesh of the... The year, but um, there's plenty left there. Didn't uh, it wasn't ever going to chop it right I off. I don't even. I don't even look at your ears. I don't, they don't even. I just look at your wallet. That's bigger. Now, um, <laughs> Chera and Neil have the same value considering their age. Your thoughts, Simon of Claremont. I, I, I understand that Chera is very much in the infancy of his game, and and Lockie Neil has been around for a while. He's has won four of his last five club champions wherever he's been at a footy club. He's won a Brownlow medal. And he's got finals, albeit they haven't won too many finals, Brisbane, with him there. Um, uh, Adam Chera wouldn't carry Lockie Neal's bags, Gilly. That's your opinion? Yep. Not even the same player. Not He's not an inside. Lockie Neal's body of work is next level. He is like, he's an absolute A-grader. Adam Chera is a nice player on the back of, he's got beautiful skills. He's a beautiful kick. They're two very, very different players. Um, I, 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 when I said a couple of years ago that Adam Chera would want wants to go back to Melbourne, and he had subsequently signed a new deal since that time, Jared Healy said on air in an interview with me that Adam Chera would be an All Australian and Brownlow medalist. Wow! And he's so he'd be a Lockie Neal. Yeah. And I don't think he. I don't think he is. So, hey, I think Josh, why, why, just re- remind us all. Why did Lockie Neal head to Brisbane? Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, just for a change of scenery, Gilly. <laughs> Was it as simple as that? Uh, uh, look, depends on who you speak to. Okay. Depends on for who the, you for speak the public. The, what 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 uh, in, in the public space? What was yeah. the the reasoning. Oh, I, I just think he. I just think he felt there was a, a. Although when he went to Brisbane, they weren't exactly flying. In fact, they were probably at their worst time. And he went there, mate. Money speaks all languages. Huge okay. offer. Yep. Struggling to probably get a piece of the pie of uh, of what Fife was getting and a few others as well. Yeah. Look, right. there's a whole lot of talk. If you speak to Lockie Neal publicly, Lockie Neal is is a is a fantastic. Um, look, there were rumours about. Falling out with Nat Fife, that was just so far from the truth, it wasn't true. And then there was a talk that he and, and Ross Lyon didn't get on at all. Right. But you speak to Lockie Neal, he'll publicly say, that's rubbish. I speak to Ross all the time. 
Ross will come out and certainly speak. So they were the they were the rumours bubbling around at the time. I just think it was a, a wonderful offer that he wanted to change the scenery and he probably felt Brisbane had some upside and he was proven to be correct. We should try and get Lockie Neal on Gillian Goss one day. <laughs> if people get only our producer knew, onto that. Get our if producer people, onto that. If people only knew the exchange of trying to get Lockie Neal on a dash. You know why he didn't come on? Hello, honey. You know why? You know why he didn't come on? Why? Because he knew that we knew what was going oh, on. Right. Okay. On the King. Novak Djokovic has uh, advanced to the next round. He's beaten a guy by, American by the name of Brooksby. It's been a da- bad day for the Brooksby's. Brooksby yeah, King and Brooksby just got delisted by Hawthorne. Um, he won the Eagles West Coast Eagles Waffle Club champion a couple of years ago, and he's Abby Holmes's fiancé. Abby Holmes, who's the oh, Channel 7. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. every day. So he's go. just been cut from the Hawks. Yeah, he's gone. Short-lived. Uh, yeah, I, look, I think he was just a backup ruckman just in case. Yeah, tough, tough times, times around the clubs making these hard conversations. I'd have oh, you know, you know who he lives with? Little... He lives yeah. with Georgie Parker. Does he? Yeah, <laughs> Georgie. Yeah, Georgie. Yeah, Georgie. Yeah, All right. Go. Hey, we're going to talk. Um, we're gonna, can, can you stay or are you busy dog-minding? What long? are you doing? For how long? If you don't want to stay, don't stay. A bit of OT for you. Hey, I'm just going to get a breakaway. Yeah, a breakaway, and we'll have a quick chat just before the 10.30 news in regards to uh, India beating England last night. This is Sporting Goss with my co-host on a Tuesday. He's got nothing better to do. His name is Gilly. We'll be back shortly. This is Gilly and Goss at 23 past 10. Shardell to Joe Root, and he's bowled in. The bowling change works for India, and that could be the Skipper has gone, he's dragged one on, and he's having to drag himself off the square. He can't believe what has just happened. Umesh comes in, delivers, it's past the outside edge. No, he's got a feather on that, Aji. The Indians are celebrating, the finger goes up. That is it. Jimmy Anderson has been caught behind. Umesh Yadav picks up the final wicket of this innings. India winning the famous test match here at the Oval. There it is there, called, of course, on SEN. You can uh, hear that test series. It was a wonderful test series to Alan Collins and the team on the SEN app. Gilly, um, that didn't come out of nowhere. Everyone thought it was going to be a draw or India. But, gee, what an amazing comeback by the Indians to trail by 100 runs on the first dig, but to, to get up in so impressive fashion. Yeah, gee, they've got some fight, haven't they? they are, uh, they're a team that just don't, don't lie down, don't give up. All this... This series, I think, really is putting in putting into perspective last summer against Australia, where mm. I think we all sort of went, "Oh, come on, Australia! You got to beat." You know, it's not the second string; it's almost a third string bowling lineup anyway. Uh, without Virat Kohli last summer, for the predominant amount of that series, Australia couldn't get it done. But I think what India has gone away and continued to do shows that they are they are possibly the number one team in the world. Uh, that that also have great depth, and I think with India, a lot of us have felt over time if they ever really structured their talent ID programs and their pathways, they could become a force to be reckoned with across all conditions around the world, and they're showing that now. The benefit of the IPL about thirteen or fourteen years of the IPL and the belief that these young players and and growth that they get from being in and around world class players. Um, all of it has led to, to a, a strong dominance now. And that they'll go up and down. And a lot of the teams around the world go up and down and have little sessions where they get blown away with a bat um, or you know, by the opposition bowling. But, but they're consistently 
fighting and fighting well in foreign conditions, and that was a, a resounding victory. So 2-1 up now with one to play. So the best England can do at home against in, in India is uh, draw the series, which is um, their foreign times. 157 run uh, victory to India. Rohit Sharma was named man of the match. Uh, some thought it could have been uh, the bowler, Thakur, whatever his name is, who took, I think, Shardle nine wickets. Thakur. Or, yeah, yeah. Thakur. And, and scored uh, 60 in that second innings. Really crucial runs uh, in partnership with Ushab Pant. He, he was the guy that debuted up at the Gabba here yep. in that last test against Australia last year and, uh, or earlier this year and was brilliant. And huge kudos also to the captaining of Virat Kohli as well. They just said he was back in the A game in regards to his captaincy through that final day. Yep. Yeah, well, the other bloke, who probably not man of the match, but he had the greatest impact overnight in, in winning that game was uh, Jasprit Bumrah. Yeah. He bowled a six-over spell after lunch, Goss. And he had figures not dissimilar to yours back in your heyday, mate. <laughs> six overs, three yeah. maidens, the king. two for six. Oh, two, two for, six. for six, just the two wickets. Okay, crucial wickets in the middle of the day to set the yep. ball rolling. But the impact that had and the statement that made that meant Joe Root just had to go completely defensive, mm. and eventually one turns up with your number on it, and uh, that was what uh, the catalyst to India getting that done. I'm going out to the storage today to grab something out of storage for the family mm. today. I should get my trophies out, my cricket trophies, and Please just do. show you. Yeah, if I, I've got to find them because there's so many in there. Um, Bring them in, mate. Bring them in. Remember Graham Watson? Yeah. Test cricketer? He gave me my trophies when I was at under 12 at Subiaco. I had a bowling average of 3.6, Gilly. 3.6. 3.6. Yeah. In three weeks in a row, I took nine for eight, seven for one, and seven for none. They're good stats. They're good numbers. Yeah. They're very good numbers. And in the nine for eight, and in the nine for eight, Gilly, I did the run out. You got the run out as well. I got the run out as well, Gilly. That is Stixy Brayshaw stuff, that. (laughs) He took all ten in in one innings, didn't he? But uh, bring your trophies in, I tell you. Yeah. Sorry, here you go. Yeah, no, no, I was just going to ask you about England. So so where does this place England? I know they've got another match to go in this series, of course. Yep. And And we're still unsure about... What they you mentioned this before about what the summer's going to look like and look like and what team they do bring out. I have no doubt they're coming. They'll definitely come, yep. but of some description. Are you thinking what what's the series posting for Australia? If Australia plays a second rate England, huge pressure on Australia to to smack them to into another postcode and 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 nothing less than that. Probably won't be great kudos for, for, for Justin Langer and his bid to keep his gig or get a new a re-signing. What do you make of the summer going ahead with England? What are we genuinely expecting? Uh... Yeah, uh, it's a very good question, Tim. Um, <laughs> look, I, I'm I'm just, um, in my mind, pre- preparing that, that it's going to be a full-strength England team that come out here. Uh, so yep. what that means um, for, for England, the, the result overnight in this current series they're no closer to knowing exactly what their top order looks like. Uh, they've chopped and changed a little bit. They've brought back a, a still a young man by the name of Hasib Hamid, who played yep. for England about four years ago as a, I think, as a twenty-year-old. Did really well, but then sort of got discarded. Went back to county cricket. Had some really troubling times, but they brought him back in, and he's passed fifty a couple of times in these two tests that he's got back. But I, I, I don't think that they'll look at that with any great. Um, sense of security, security around that being the right option at the top of the order. He's he's an old-fashioned dig-in type opener, along with Rory Burns at the other end, who is similar as well. So they'll be 
uncertain about that. Darwood Milan at number three. He's come back in and scored a 50, but again, I, I don't think they're, they're filling them with confidence. They are, of course, missing uh, Butler, Joss Butler, uh, Ben Stokes, maybe Stuart Broad if you want to throw him into the equation there. But the, the, the first two will help bolster that batting lineup. Uh, no doubt, and, and Stokes in your team, you, you're a far better team with Ben Stokes in it. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, many areas of uncertainty for England, even at full strength, heading over in this direction. So Australia should be um, doing all they can to pre- get their ship in order and prepare well for a for an exciting summer ahead. From Craig of Melbourne. Hi, guys. Really enjoying Gillian Goss 2.0 on Tuesday. Gilly, <laughs> you are not putting in an invoice for this, but I'm liking the three-day-a-week format. Oh, okay. Craig in Melbourne, was it? Yeah. Uh, I recognise the number. Hey, <laughs> 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 no, I he's in Tassie, isn't he? Yeah, he's in Tassie, actually. Hey, Gilly, thanks for chatting. Hey. Thanks for joining us. Yes. Good on you, mate. Appreciate now. it. Good on you. Yes. Right. Is that it? Factor that it? You 50 get... or factor 30? What do you reckon? Uh, was? <laughs> factor 30 on your face and factor 150 <laughs> on those ears of yours, mate. Get those under, get, get those under a zinc, hat on a wide brim. Good on you, mate. On the ears. See you, Good mate. on your legend. Good on you. There's Gilly joining us uh, for the love of talking a bit of cricket and also pre-runner to, uh, precursor to Friday's show because we have got Angus Brayshaw. Thanks to Otis Eyewear. He's our Friday focus after seven. It's a great chat. You'll love it. He's such a lovely young man and a beautiful talker. And it is on the day of the game. We'll be playing that, of course, on the preliminary final. Thanks to Gilly for joining us. Late to get into news. It's 25 degrees. It's 25 to 11. Thanks for your company. 23 away from 11. Don't forget the Kia News. Today at the Jones Boys Bunbury Kia. Hello, Jones boys, they'd be loving it. The cars come in and cars go out. You know why? Because they're great people and they have amazing cars down there. And we appreciate them being on board, Jones boys and the crew. Morning, boys. Free, I need to be smart with the trade. Don't overpay for now. Well, they don't think they have to really – back into contract, they might, they're the ones who might get it cheap. But they wouldn't be selling the farm for um, – for Lockie Neal, there's no doubt, but he would be much a much handier player. Uh, some news coming through from the Western Bulldogs, of course. Uh, they've got, uh, they're in Perth before they head to Adelaide to take on Port Adelaide on Saturday. Marcus Bontempelli is only walking laps. Very light ball work today. Stayed away from the main group training. He's just got a sore knee. I think he's just got to play. Strap it up and play. He's too good a player not to be there. Uh, but Jason Dunstall on AFL 360 thinks there's a bit of a risk in playing the Bont. Have a listen. There's nothing wrong with taking a risk, but it's got to be a calculated risk. So you sit there and you say, OK, 80% or 70% of Bont is better than 100% of the 23rd or 24th player that we're going to bring in. But if Bont's unable to have any impact, then you're in trouble. Then you're playing one short. So you've got to weigh that up. He's got to be able to contribute and make a, a substantial contribution. Because the other flip side, too, is if he can't do anything and his teammates are looking at him, looking for leadership, and he's looking back going, mate, I'm stuffed, I can't do anything. I mean, that just rips you at the course. 22 away from 11, a break, come back. We're talking waffle finals this weekend. It is going to be huge. Weather's going to be okay, they say. It's Claremont and South Fremantle, Swans and West Perth. Subiaco is smoking the peace pipe. We'll take a break, come back. Todd Curley, the coach of the Bulldogs, next. Sporting Goss. Sporting Goss on this delightful Tuesday, 28 degrees. We're heading for a top today. A bit of rain coming later in the week. It'll be interesting to see if it does rain come Saturday down at Fremantle Community Bank Stadium. It is the finals time. It all starts. South Fremantle are hosting Claremont. That game goes 
Rose at 2.40. The coach of the Bulldogs, Todd Curley, has been kind enough to join us. Well, that's the first part of the equation taken care of, mate. You're in the finals and, and locked away second spot. Yeah, look, uh, um, it's obviously the, the aim of all the clubs, firstly, to qualify and then to qualify as, as high as you can. So, um, yeah, there's a few things to get through on the weekend to, to see where we finish up. But, um, yeah, finish second, home final. Um, we're really happy. So can't wait for the, the weekend to come around. And first things first, I'm, I should congratulate you. You've uh, signed on as a contract extension, mate. So, obviously, you're very comfortable down there and you've still got to, regardless, well, you want to win the flag this year and you're certainly in the driver's seat to do so. But, uh, obviously, you, you, you've got some business to attend to over the next couple of years as well. Yeah, look, really, really enjoying it. So, um, you know, once you get the tick off, obviously with family and um, make sure that everything's in order there because you do obviously miss out on a fair bit of time at home. And, you know, then the, um, you know, the player group have been fantastic. Great bunch of coaches, very lucky, very supported at the club. So, um, you know, got some exciting young guys that have played footy this year and will play a lot more in the future. So looking forward to it. Back in round 14, which was at your home ground, Fremantle Community Bank Oval, um, it was an astonishing game with margin. And I talk of, you know, two points. You led by two points over Claremont. You led by two points, I think, at half time. They led by a point, I think, at three-quarter time. You won the game by a point in the end. Astonishing that the game would be so close at all the changes, wasn't it? Yeah, but um, I think if you look at recent history in the last few years, most of the games have been the same. Um, you know, been pretty close all the way through, um, pretty physical affairs and, um, you know, pretty two pretty good teams that are, that are pretty evenly matched. So, um, you know, we're expecting, uh, you know, very similar this weekend. You were pretty accurate. 11 goals, two. They kicked 9-13. One player who stepped up probably from that day onwards, you kept him under wraps on that occasion. I think he only had the sort of 16 or 17 disposals was Bailey Rogers. Uh, he has been generally one of the form players of the competition, that sort of mid and then third forward. Um, he's going to be a player to watch on the weekend. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, their um, their midfield is obviously you know very well regarded and as it should be. So, um, but we think we've probably improved our depth through that area as well um, this year. So, um, yeah, we have a pretty good battle most weeks. You know, you got to win in the midfield and get it at your end. Otherwise, you know, you're under pressure defensively and. You've got to give yourself a chance to score. So, yeah, we kicked pretty accurately um, on that occasion. Um, you know, they had a few rush behinds as well. But, yep. um, you know, we were pretty happy uh, when that game without Mason Shaw. And I think it was the first game we ended up putting Blake Slensog forward. So we were pretty happy to get away with the points that day. And um, we look forward to this weekend. Yeah, that worked, didn't it? Uh, he kicked two on that occasion. And he's come out with fours and fives. I think he's kicked, a, um, not that he's kicked a huge bag of goals in the last month, but he still hits the scoreboard and he's a target. He He's a wonderful player. He, he really could be, not that you want to lose him, he really could find his way back onto an AFL list. Well, hopefully, um, for his sake, um, you know, that happens. But, look, he was very good for us as a, as a key defender early in the year. Obviously, played state footy and then, mm. You know, out of necessity, went forward and, um, you know, through his performance, he's been ultra consistent. So um, he's been able to stay up there, um, you know, with obviously um, Blaine Wilson and, and Noah Strong uh, and Chaddy Pearson going back down back and they've been pretty settled as well. Mm-hmm. So we've been pretty lucky. No doubt. Um, against 
West Coast last week, um, you know, you're always in control of the game. Just tell us about your, uh, what a coach is doing in that sort of second half when you know the result's probably beyond it. Are you in preservation mode from some of your playing group or are you trying something a little bit different? What are you actually trying to achieve when you know the game is done and dusted um, and you've got finals the following week? Yeah, look, it's, a, it's an interesting one to prepare for and I think probably all the other teams in a similar situation with the same. You know, you, you want to get in, you want to show some good signs of your footy, um, but you're desperate not to lose anyone um, hurt. So, you know, fingers crossed. Uh, it looks like we've got through really well. Um, we're in a different situation. Obviously, with West Coast, there's no reserves. And, um, you know, we had a couple that we thought desperately needed the run. Brock Higgins, one of them. So um, it sort of forced their hand a bit with selection. Um, and he came in and, he, you know, he was okay. And it gave Big Hamish free sort of a, a week to freshen up. So it was a, it's always an interesting one. I thought we were really good early. Um, and then it's how, probably hard to maintain, you know, that rage when, um, you know, there's not much to play for. Mm-hmm. And then sort of with... 15 minutes to go, we, we sort of got some word that Peel were having a, having a red-hot crack down at uh, Rushton Park, so we tried to wind up again and um, didn't kick straight, but we certainly, our last 15 minutes was pretty good as well. Yeah, they, they, would, they were coming hard, uh, Peel Thunder, against Subiaco. That, that would have been a handy result for you because you would have flipped up on, on percentage. Yeah, we, oh, we would have, but um, it doesn't matter now. So oh, look, we had our... We, we, we had our um, you know, where we finish on the ladder probably in our hands. Um, once um, Subi got beat by East Fremantle and, you know, weren't, weren't good enough. Um, you know, let the game slide against West Perth. So, you know, generally the, the ladder, ladder doesn't lie to him. It's a pretty accurate <laughs> reflection of where we're at, I reckon. Uh, your best is good enough to win it, though, isn't it? I mean, this week, I mean, I think, I've said this before, I've probably even said it to you, I, I think any of the five teams on their best day can win this premiership from here. I think it's well concealed. Albeit Subi's on top of the ladder and, and Swans are, you know, probably a gap back to Swans in fifth spot. The bottom line is I, I think any of the five teams left in it can win this. Yeah, look, I haven't had a real deep look at it to this point, but I'm pretty sure that all the sides in the top five are just about sort of one and one for the year. They've all sort of won one and lost one against each other. Mm. So, um, look, it's been ultra competitive. Um, yeah, it'll be you know, super important. It'll, it'll come down to who's the best on the day. Um, so yeah, it's going to be going to be exciting. I think. Uh, hopefully, the weather looks pretty good for Saturday. So hopefully, you know, there's a, there's a big crowd at Fremantle and, and a big crowd up at um, at General up as well. Yeah, looking forward to a WAFL, especially with no Eagles and Dockers uh, in the AFL system as well. Hey, just on the subject of AFL, mate, the the mighty Bulldogs, your beloved AFL team, of course. Um, keeping an eye on them. Uh, are they good enough to go all the way if they have their skipper Marcus Bontempelli? One would imagine. Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, certainly their last couple of games uh, weren't great. Um, but we all look back at 2016. I think the last round they got smashed by Fremantle over here mm. um, and then sort of travelled the country, played the best four weeks of footy for a lot of those boys in those four weeks and won it. So, um, well, they're pretty close. They're only a, a win away from a grand final and then another win. So I, I don't mind their matchup, um, to be honest. So. I think I'd rather be playing Port over there than uh, than Melbourne over here, to be honest. Now, you're a pretty chilled-out character. You look like you just go by the book and you coach accordingly. Uh, do you go into finals week in preparation for this match against Claremont the same way you've done the whole year, or could, do, do you sense things a little bit differently? Oh, look, I think it's a bit more about enjoying it as well. Mm. You know, everyone, there's half, most of the comps, there's only, you know, the top five left, and, um, you know, the weather's 
certainly turned a little bit and it's been a bit warmer and a bit lighter. So I think everyone enjoys getting to training and it's a bit warmer and a bit lighter. Yeah. So um, we'll certainly uh, we'll certainly try and enjoy the, the month um, and, and play look look to put out our best footy. You know, we're generally a, a team that, you know, focuses mostly on ourselves and we think if we get ourselves right, then we'll be right in the hunt. So um, it looks like we'll have just about, you know, all our squad fit and available which was you know at the midpoint of the season was our number one priority so um, we've qualified and we've got most boys up and about so you know we're just looking forward to it now. 240 Saturday Fremantle Community Bank Oval it is the first final the week one of the finals it is Saffermantle hosting Clement going to be a beauty appreciate your time Curls and all the very best in the finals campaign. No worries, Goss. Anytime. Thanks, you, mate. mate. There's Todd Curley, the coach of the Bullies, and a new contract extension there. Two years. He is a super coach. He, uh, I reckon he could go very much above the waffle if he really wanted to. But uh, he's focusing on what the Bulldogs are doing. Saffromantle and Claremont, Westperth and Swans and Subiaco. Well, they're just licking the ice cream, waiting for see who's next. This is Sporting Goss. <laughs> That's the theme of the TV hit show, The Wire, and news through that Michael K. Williams, who starred in that series, found dead in his New York apartment, aged 54, believed to be from a drug overdose. I never watched it, wouldn't know where I would watch it, don't know what it's about, but Chris Clafunas, who knows all about English Premier League and The Wire... Good morning. Good morning, Goss. Who is this cat? And uh, very sad news, obviously. Played Omar Little in The Wire. Uh, you might have heard Alex mention it in the news as well. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable character, much loved by fans all around the world. He was just known as honestly one of the great characters in TV. Um, just he played this remarkable character. So he was an openly gay gangster who just didn't take anything from anyone. None of that was kind of central to his role in the show, if that makes sense. He just kind of nailed everything about it. I don't know how to... Sorry, no, you're not explaining it. No, I'm not. Is is Michael Williams gay in real life? No, he's not. He's straight in real life. So this is his acting... His his, his character was this hardcore dude who was just uh, ruthless and brutal, but had a sort of softer side as well, really looked after his community. It It was... an extraordinary character in The Wire. He was also in Boardwalk Empire, which uh, some people might have seen. Steve Buscemi, I think, was in that one. He's also received an Emmy nomination for his performance in Lovecraft Country as well. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Mm. But um, he's been in uh, plenty of movies. He was really he really kicked on after The Wire and actually had a lot of uh, different roles in, in a lot of films. I think he was in like one of the latest Ghostbusters or something like that as well. But his main character was in The Wire and it was just something to behold. Seriously, if you've got... Time, yeah, to watch a TV show. Where do I find this? So I just saw like on a Netflix or something like that. Do, yeah, I, do I Google it or it something? It is on a streaming service, okay. but I can't remember which one. All right, uh, I don't. Th- I don't think it's on. I think it's on Foxtel Go or oh, whatever that was. So oh, it's on Fox. Just, just write out the wire, okay? Yeah. Uh, so I'm just reading here. Um, yeah, uh, Little, which was the his Omar Little, was in the wire. He appeared in all five seasons from 2002 to 2008. Yeah, a criminal uh, with a strict moral code who took advantage of a reputation for brutality that wasn't always real grew in prominence with each season. A cigarette in his mouth, he would whistle the farmer in the dell. Oh, yeah. to announce his arrival. Oh my coming. Yeah, and he spoke. A man's got to have a code. Mm. All in the game, yo. All in the game. That's it. Some famous lines from him wow. there. 
Genuinely, I can't recommend it enough. One of the best shows of all time. Nice work by you. They put it up alongside The Sopranos. Oh, one of really? Those, like, great, great shows from that era. Okay, well, Dan Ryan's going to join us coming up after 11 o'clock, the new West Coast Fever coach, and also Tyson Bedia. He will know all about The Wire. He always does. Where do you turn for sunshine? You turn to WA at the moment, 26 degrees. Don't forget, don't get caught out. Make sure there's water for your dogs and your cats out and about. You might have just raced off to work or you've gone to lunch or whatever you may do. Just remind yourself that, you know, when it's cold and wet and rainy, they can find a bit of... uh, uh, hydration, but not in this weather. It does come on pretty fast, so please make sure you hydrate and and don't forget your kids too. Keep an eye on those. It's three past eleven. Big show. Uh, been a great first hour. Thank you for all your feedback. Thirteen twelve fifty five. In fact, in fact, in the second hour, which we've got coming up shortly, we're going to chat with the new coach of the West Coast Fever. He's a, a wonderful fellow, Dan Ryan. He's in lockdown in the city overlooking the Swan River. Going to chat with Dan. And Tyson Beatty's going to join us. Is he coming in or is he on the phone? He's coming in. He's coming in. Oh, boy. I know. Oh, boy. Good luck getting a car, babe, because the uh, car park around here, because there's some sort of job thing going on here at uh, the stadium at Optus. But obviously uh, we're going to have to find him a spot to park here. It's sensational. It's busy. It's so good for your, your, your health and your mind when you look out and you see people just out and about. We don't realise how lucky we are. But let's just get a message out there to all of our people. Let's not rub the noses of those who are not fortunate like we are. Because you know what? What goes around comes around. Let's just get past the AFL Grand Final. Let's get our vaccination. And I'm you know, I'm double vax, so I'm feeling good about myself. Make sure we get vaccinated, look after each other, because we can't afford for our elderly in particular to 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 get COVID because we've just got to make sure we're ahead of the curve in regards to our vaccination. Don't take it for granted, Western Australia. There it is there. Hey, it's four past 11, but what we can do is that tonight, Goss Lotto, $10 million, Goss Lotto! Show us the money! Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money! Here it is there. Last-minute decision. We are going to go in tonight's Goz Lotto. Not Oz Lotto. Goz Lotto. G-O-Z Lotto. And if you want to be, that's a, that's just, that's the type of show we are. Spur of the moment, no planning, no production values. We just go with what we've got. We've talked sport for an hour and five minutes. But now it's your time to get a part of the $10 million dream Tonight in Goz Lotto. How does that happen? 0487 736 736. That is the text number to get you a syndicate, a piece of the syndicate, one syndicate piece. This is not Lucky Lotto that Nay does down at SEN Spirit. This is Goz Lotto that I do up here. And someone, do you see someone won two and a half million dollars from Wanneroo on Saturday? 0487 736 736 if you want to be in Goss Lotto tonight. But if you call 131255, 131255, two entries. 131255, call now. Royzer wants to go in. Richard from Eaton, he wants to go in. Royzer, you're in. 
13 12 55. If you call Chris Clafunas right now, special K, 13 12 55, you get two lots, two little pieces of the pie in Goslotto. Or if you don't want to call, 0487 736 736. Five spots up for grabs only for the double dipping. 13-12-55. Steve wants to be in it. Good on you, Steve, for Goslotto. Tell us where you're listening from. Tractors in Spearwood. <laughs> nice work. Have I told you a story about tractor? 0487-736-736. If you want to be in Goslotto, it costs you nothing to play. You just tell us who you are and where you're listening. And if you call the number 13-12-55, you get two nominations. That's how good it is, by simply making a phone call. 13 12 55. JJ's in Jero, listening to on the app of Goslotto. Get to it now. We'll get a breakaway. It's 26 degrees in town. So it costs you nothing to play. $10 million. That's right. $10 million. Oh, boy. If you want to be in our syndicate, get to it now. 0487 736 or if you want two pieces of the pie, pick up that phone, 13 12 55. This is Sporting Goss. Welcome back to Sporting Goss. We are heading for a top of 28 degrees. Why would you want to be anywhere else? You wouldn't want to be in quarantine, would you, and locked up and not being able to get outside and enjoy this. But unfortunately, our next guest is in lockdown for a couple of weeks because he's arrived in Western Australia to take up his post as the new head coach of the West Coast Fever in the Suncorp Super Netball. His name is Dan Ryan, and he joins us on the show. Don't tell me you've got a view of the Swan River and uh, the beautiful <laughs> blue skies and you can't actually get out and enjoy it. Welcome to Perth. Thank you, mate. It's a, it's a great introduction and, yeah, absolutely being teased by the elements, that's for sure. <laughs> a great view outside the window uh, and can't access the beautiful foreshore here in South Perth, but uh, all good. I'll get my opportunity in no time, I'm sure. Yeah, 100%. Hey, congratulations on the appointment, mate. I mean, uh, just tell us a bit about the process and how long it's been in the making. Of course, you're over there in the UK with the Leeds Rhinos and you announced that you weren't going to go back. You were going to try and get home. Um, this opportunity is a beauty. Yeah, it really is. It's a it's a fantastic opportunity, and, and so grateful for the opportunity to join the Fever family. It's um it's been a really long and extensive recruitment process, which I've really respected and, um, in a strange way, really enjoyed too. Because we started the process probably back in about March, and the formal applications, you know, followed, and a number of different interviews and psychometric testing and, and board presentations and all of those types of things. So it really only was finalised a couple of weeks ago. Uh, which, you know, was, was a long time in, in the making, but really critical that that was the process because it was much as about Fever trying to find the right fit for them, but also me as the applicant really trying to de- determine if Fever was going to be the right fit for me. So really glad at how it's landed and how it's played out and couldn't be more proud to be here um, as a part of the club. You've done your apprenticeship to take over this team, and, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. You've played the game. You've captained our national men's team, of course. Um, uh, you've coached in the league itself. You've gone overseas to ply your trade as well, and you've done commentary. You've, what haven't you done in the world of netball? <laughs> yeah, I've been around. Um, certainly had a number of different roles within the game, and you know it's been a lifetime involvement. And, and to be honest, uh, you know to get to this point in my career at, at 37, it's it's a lifetime's work to be ready and be equipped with the skill set required to 
to be in this position. So, you know, one of the things I really value about my coaching journey a lot has been the depth and diversity of my experiences. And, you know, high-performance sport is a tough place to work and, and not all experiences are full of success. But, you know, any challenge and any opportunity in high-performance sport for a coach is incredibly value, valuable if you're able to, to take what you need out of it. So I've really done the hard yards and lived in three countries and eight cities and, and got the runs under the board in terms of getting the exposure that I felt I really needed to, to have a well-rounded skill set as a head coach and a high-performance professional. So this opportunity is a, is a great one for me and feel like Fever is a great fit with all of the resourcing and support provided for the coach. And, you know, the quality of the program and the playing list and the staff is so exciting here at, here at West Coast Fever. And I can't wait to get stuck in and see what value I can add to something that is already incredibly successful. Dan Ryan, our guest, a two-year deal to replace Stacey Marinkovic, who, of course, concentrates now on her gig as the Diamonds. And you talked about your playing list, Bruce, Charles, Anstis and Fowler. If I was to say to you there's probably four of their five players that you need to sign up quick smart, uh, they would, that would be them. So what's the situation with their contracts and their deals? Yeah, you're not far off, mate. I think, you know, the, the playing list that, that is here is, is incredibly uh, healthy. It's in a great position. And, you know, our number one priority is to ensure much as, ensure as much stability and, and con, you know, consistency from, from the past couple of seasons. So those players that you mentioned, absolutely high on the priority list, as are, as are many others. So we're looking to make sure that we can really sustain what's currently in place and, and you know, maybe add some value in certain parts of the court as well. But, um yeah, those players that you mentioned are, are certainly you know key elements to our success moving forward. Tell us a bit about the Adelaide. I know you don't want to go too far back, and it was a long time ago in real terms, the Adelaide Thunderbirds experience inside the, the Suncourt Super Netball. 2017, 2018, it wasn't the most successful time in your coaching career. I think you lost 27 in a row. You went back-to-back wooden spoons. As much as on paper it doesn't look successful, did it help make you better as one as a human and dealing with those types of adversity in regards to sport and and uh, high quality sport in a very high quality competition has it made you a better coach that experience albeit uh, on paper it doesn't look too successful yeah absolutely I think if you look at it in the context if you look at it on paper it, uh, it probably paints a very traumatic experience which is you know honestly probably what it was it's Certainly was one of the most challenging experiences I've ever had in my life in general. But um, I think when you keep it in perspective and you put a bit of context to the experience, you know, I was a rookie coach. I was 31. I didn't have a lot of experience up into that time. The club was in a pretty difficult position. And, you know, when you spend two and a half years on survival mode, you learn so much about yourself, so much about what's required to be successful, so much about what you need around you. Um, and so much about, you know, what you need within yourself too to be able to handle a situation and circumstance like that. And while Adelaide was incredibly challenging for me and everybody involved, to be honest, I'm so grateful that that was my rookie experience Mm. because if I can survive that and then find a way to thrive after it by gathering all the learnings and the wisdom and the knowledge that comes from such a hardship, it really does set me up for what's to come in the future. And I wouldn't change it for the world because it's actually been the biggest catalyst for my growth. And I think um, it's something I'm really proud of that I've been able to positively navigate my way through the years since then. Um, And I honestly probably wouldn't be sitting here today in this opportunity if I hadn't had that experience because, again, depth of diversity and experience in high-performance coaching is critical because... Not all teams and all coaches win all the time. So if you can't handle and respect the losing and the struggle and the challenges just as much as when things are humming along nicely, it puts you in a pretty precarious position. So 
there's nothing that will surprise me or nothing that I can't handle. And resilience is probably one of my biggest attributes. And I'm really looking forward to being able to use all that skill and wisdom and experience that I now have uh, in a job like this at Fever. I think it's a nice fit. Well, having been in Adelaide, you know what that um, uh, that what sport means to the community, and and same goes here. Probably even multiplied. They're a bit feral over here when we don't win, uh, and I think <laughs> and I think the same goes for netball. When uh, and we know that the the girls were coming off uh, a difficult time, having lost, having had twelve points docked under a previous regime. They won the most games, but they bowed out and they weren't happy with it. And they're still smarting. They're still hurting, and they're probably wanting to move on quickly how do you regather the group and what would can you share with our listeners this morning Dan what the general messaging would be to the group when you first get them together one do you talk about the year that's gone and the opportunities missed or do you talk about some positives moving forward how do you find a blend yeah one of my big philosophies as a coach and it always has been is that that deep reflection to make meaning of the experiences and I think for me there'll certainly be some some deep and insightful conversations with the individuals but also the group around making meaning of the past twelve months because it was a, a pretty intense time for the team but the way I look at it too is that the way the team was able to perform conduct themselves demonstrate some incredible resilience and fight to perform the way they did with what they were carrying and the pressure and the scrutiny, that for me is a team that I want to stick by and stand by. So there's a lot of positives to come out of, of the past couple of seasons for the club, but it's really important too that, that the players and the team reflect and have learnt the lessons or made meaning of the experience to use it in their next opportunity, which is hopefully in the 2022 season. So you've certainly got to acknowledge those elements. But, you know, for me coming in, it's a fresh vision. It's a fresh voice. There'll be some subtle changes in how we go about our business. But also we really want to honour what's gone before because, again, we were two goals away from a premiership in 2020 and we're one win away from another grand final berth this season. So we're not far off and perhaps it's a slight improvement between the years or it's a subtle tweak to the game plan or personnel. Um, and that will certainly be the messaging for me. We have everything we need here to be successful, uh, but we certainly need to make meaning of the past and find ways to really attack the future positively. And the handover from Stacey, um, have you had conversations with her? Will you... Once you get out of uh, lockdown, will you try and meet with her to discuss a bit of a handover? Because, I mean, she's left them in pretty good shape and she's a hard act to follow. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I have full respect and admiration for, for Stacey and what she's achieved here. And, you know, she's really thrived as a head coach of this club. And um, she's been so giving of her time and her insight and her knowledge and her wisdom within the players and the program. And that's why I think this job is so unique in the fact that the outgoing head coach is moving into another position, be it the Diamonds role, and, and leaving everything in such a good position for me to inherit and, and continue it on. So she really wants to see me and the club go well, and um, she's been so so brilliant in, in the handover, and that will continue over the coming months as well. So it's great to have her, I guess, within the inner sanctum of supporting that handover, and it makes it pretty unique to know that all the information I need is just a phone call away. Yeah, 100%. Dan Ryan has been our guest from the West Coast Fever, the new coach. We're looking forward to seeing him put his stamp on this team, and we do love the West Coast Fever, and they've got great support in our community. Last one for you. I see Nat Medhurst is back in WA, which is fantastic. Come back with uh, <laughs> Sam. And uh, look, that's uh, her departure, and I know you weren't around at the club at that time. Her departure from the club, and for whatever it may be, the reasons, and she went across and played for Collingwood and tried her luck over there. I would love. 
someone of her ability and success and respect in the industry somehow involved at the club, it, it could do a lot worse than actually just have a conversation with Nat. Am I getting ahead of myself or do you, would you like to have a chat to her to see whether she can go in some sort of mentoring role? I'm sure it has to be run through the club as well, but um, it would be great to have her back because she's much loved over here. Oh, she absolutely is. And I think, you know, Nat's a, a legend of Australian netball and it's great that she is back in in, in, in WA and, and happy and, and getting settled with life here with the, with her partner and, and young mm. kids. So, um, yeah, certainly, you know, open to, to checking in with Nat and, and seeing how she's going. I've, I've known Nat for a while and, um, yeah, certainly respect what she's achieved throughout her career. And, my goodness, she plays the goal attack role better than, than most people ever had. <laughs> so she's a, she's, a, she's a great asset, but... Uh, We'll see how that one goes. So, um, yeah, stand by. <laughs> Good on you, Dan. Sorry, I want to throw you under the bus there. Hey, Dan Ryan, appreciate your time. Uh, currently, oh, 21 and a half degrees, blue sky. I'm at Optus Stadium. Yeah. We're looking across. <laughs> Fantastic. Just give us, once again, Just can you just paint the picture of what you're doing right now uh, in your overlooking uh, South Perth? Oh, I can, mate. I'm sitting uh, in at my desk in my hotel here. I've got a beautiful view of, of the city. I can mm. see the South Perth foreshore. Nice. Uh, the sun is shining. Nice. The water is absolutely sparkling, <laughs> and I'm absolutely envious. <laughs> uh, good on you, Dan. Hey, welcome to Perth, great man. We're looking forward to it. We've got a great relationship with the West Coast Fever. They've got a ra- great relationship with the, the sporting market and the media market here in WA. They are much loved, and hats off to you. It's a, it's a wonderful signing, and everyone's very excited. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Dan Ryan, the new head coach of the West Coast Fever, here on the sport. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> dollar, dollar. Dollar, dollar. 25 past 11. Gozlotto tonight. That's right, a $10 million draw. And we decided, after having no consultation with anyone else but ourselves, that we would open up a syndicate for you, the listeners. 0487 736 736. All the double spots are gone. No, actually, we've got one double left. One left. Wow. 13, 12, 55. You've got to be quick. First in best dressed, 13, 12, 55. You get a double, double entry into tonight's Goz Lotto draw. Gosh, you nothing to play. you just got to tell us who you are and where you're listening to uh, from the show. Murray from Eaton, Josh, Jim and Julie, all listening on SEN Spirit. They're all in. Thank you. Josh, Jim, Julie and Murray. Wayne in Belmont. Yes, Wayne, you're in. Listening on the app. JJ in Geraldton, Tractor in Spearwood, Steve listening, Zach from Williton, Pete from Jalorup, Charlie from Hocking. This is nice. Mully from Millbridge. Morning, Goss. I'm just working on the Collie race course. Can you put me in the draw? Absolutely, you're in the draw. No worries, Mully. Good man, you're in. Tractor's in, as I mentioned. If you want to be in our syndicate, 13.12.55, call now, and that gets you a double entry. So you get two shares. And if you can't get to the phone to ring, it is easy money. It costs you nothing. Charlie from Hocking listening on the SCNWA app. He's in. Or 0487-736-736. But this is your last call to get in. There you go. Bang. 13-12-55. That last double entry is gone. Keep that number in your phone as well if you do call it. 13-12-55. It's going to be very handy around finals time. Grand final time. Waffle grand final time. Bletchy, you're in. About time, Bletchy. Took your time. 
Anyway, not far away from a news break. We're off to the McCafe Coffee. We've got to get a McCafe Coffee into us so we can get through our last half hour. And that last half hour includes our man Tyson Beatty listening to Star Spangled Banter. All things, of course, the uh, NFL season, the gridiron season starts on Friday. We might uh, hear this one. Now, Hutchie, who else is it? Ray from Ray and Brad from Jero, you're in. Ray from Glen Iris, you're in as well. Our man Hutchie, the main man here at SEN, our boss, of course, is also on Channel 9's Footy Classified. He thinks Carlton still should have a plan of getting Alistair Clarkson. He shared it last night on Footy Classified. Here's Hutchie. What do you make of this? I don't think it needs to be that complicated. In fact, if they want to get Alistair Clarkson, they might need to be creative and find a non-traditional way to do it and to give him what he wants, which is the time off to come back fresh. Here's how you'd go about it. If, if you were intent on getting Clarkson and not punning on a young coach, first of all, get Cook done. Get him in a CEO. If that's there, they're down the path on that. Lock that over and give him the keys. Brian, it's your choice as coach and yours only. You don't need the committee. Kane Little, you're going to stay if you want to. You can be head of commercial. That's your absolute core strength. You're better at that than being a CEO. Go back and do that if you choose. Otherwise, we'll respect you if you want to move on. And then offer Clarkson the job from 23 onwards. Give him the 12 months off. Get us a senior assistant or an associate head coach, a 2IC if you like, who knows Alistair, who knows what he wants, and that guy could be Adam Uze at the Demons, who's coached under Alistair before, who's played with him and understands his philosophies and is a, is a budding senior coach in his own right. And then some list management support as well to stiffen the football department. You don't need this, this uh, coaching committee, Caro. I don't think it works, and I'm not sure it'll find the best coach anyway. No, I think the Greg Williams role is certainly very perplexing. There's only one problem with your plan. I think that plan's been carried out at the Gold Coast. I think Gillan McLaughlin is working on Alistair Clarkson as we speak and has been for some time to get him to the Gold Coast. And I think Stuart Dew will play that role, the Adam Uze role, next year. And, by the way, I think Wayne Campbell will probably come in pretty soon and um, take over the footy operations job at the Gold Coast. And what about Hutchie's first point? Is Brian Cook any chance to go to Carlton? I'm less likely thinking that's going to happen now, Matthew, but I certainly think this is very tough on Kane Liddell. Mm. And a question was asked at the football club meeting last week in front of Kane Liddell about his position, and Kane himself said, oh, I understand that this has to happen, you know, when good people are in the market. Mm. Well, that's exactly yeah. what David Teague was asked. What a terrible way to treat yeah. your staff. That was the conversation last night, and really, uh, can't believe Carlton still haven't got a coach, or it looks like they've got no traction for a coach They've just uh, they've completely blown this, and it just seems to get be getting for going from bad to worse. Karen, you're in. There you go. Pretty please enter me in the draw, Goss. Well, okay. All right, Karen. Relax, chillax. I'm the king. I know. Jim, Dennis, you're in. Double dose. There you go. You're in. Goss Lotto tonight. $10 million draw. It's half past 11. This is time for a beautiful news break. I'm off to get a McCafe coffee right here, right now. Try McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. And I'm an Aussie. 26 degrees. Yeah, yeah. I'm not lying. I'm not telling you no fibbers. I've just walked outside, actually, very briefly, literally for 30 seconds, just during that news break, just to go, I need to taste this before midday. Oh, my God. Heavens. Oh, it is unbelievable. We are living in God's country right here, right now. And I feel for so many people on the East Coast to, to, that they can't be so fortunate like us. We've just got to savour this for as long as we can. But, hey, get out there and get yourself vaccinated. 
Guys, I'm thinking being a Collingwood supporter, I should get a couple of entries. I need to for I need the cash for some dental work. Oh, no teeth. No teeth. Oh, boom tish. I'd like to know who you are. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. Text us. Let us know who you were, who you are. I'd like to know your name. Because we like to put a name to the number. If you want to be in the syndicate, please. It's Wayne in Belmont. Collingwood supporter. No disrespect, because Wayne is a really nice name, but that's got Collingwood written all over it. <laughs> Wayne, good man. Thank you for listening, Wayne. Appreciate it very much. As we mentioned with Gilly off the top of the show, India, 157 run winners over England to go 2-1 up in the best of four test series. It was a memorable final day, brilliantly captained by Virat Kohli, and he spoke to Sky Cricket after the game. The best thing about both the wins has been the character that, that the side has shown. I think if you look at how the game panned out, um, you mentioned a 100-run lead that England had in the first innings. Uh, to come back from there and the way we batted in the second innings um, showed that you know we're not down and out um, and we're not looking to survive in this game. If there's an opportunity to put the opposition under pressure, we will go for it. Um, and we put up a total on the board, which is always going to be very difficult to chase, especially heading into day four, later half of day four and day five as well. But... Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, as I said at Lords as well, I'm, I'm really proud of the, the character the team has shown, especially this morning, the way we bowled. I think it's definitely amongst the top three bowling performances that I've witnessed as Indian captain. You had plenty of runs to play with today. Were you always confident that you had the tools to get 10 wickets on what was a very flat pitch? Well, it's, it's quite relative what you call flat, you know, we, because the last two days conditions have been really hot. So the field wasn't that, that wet like the first three days. And we knew we were in with an opportunity with Jadeja bowling from one end into the rough. The ball got scuffed up quite nicely. And then we, ma- we managed to, you know, make one side heavier. And our guys, when the ball's reversing enough, they become much more lethal. And, you know, we exploited reverse swing perfectly today. And we were actually looking forward to the opportunity of bowling with the old ball. And we looked at that as a positive rather than thinking, look, nothing's happening from the pitch. What are we going to do here? Rather than, then, rather than that, we believed as a team that, yes, we could get all 10 wickets today. And that's exactly why it happened, because the boys had belief. Right at the heart of that was, of course, Jasper Boomer, who bowled an outstanding six-over spell after lunch. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable spell. I mean, if you give 27 runs of 22 overs on this kind of pitch, I think it's, that's, that's a, a huge effort in the last innings of, of a test match where, as you said, the pitch hasn't offered enough. But, you know, as soon as the ball uh, started reversing a bit, Jaspreet just said, just give me the ball. And he bowled that six-over spell, as you mentioned, and got us two breakthroughs, which completely shifted the momentum to our side. And from there on, we knew any, any more mistakes from England and, and we'll be all over this game. Um, Rohit is waiting to our left, but I wanted to perhaps reference the performance of another man who might not get uh, the kind of accolades because he's not picking up the man of the match, but Shadal Tako's influence on this game was significant. Well, um, I think you, you, you pointed out a performance that, you know, Rohit Sinning was outstanding. We all saw that. I mean, playing against a 100-run lead, as I said, as an opener, the conditions were overcast and his knock was the difference in the second innings. But if you look at, you know, the impact performance we were looking from um, a lower middle order point of view, I think what Shardul has done in this game has to be remembered for a long time because even in the first innings he stood up and his 50 was actually the difference between a 150-160 lead and a 100-run lead. And his 60 in the second innings as well, a counter-attacking one, 
I felt like it deflated the opposition where when I got out in the morning, they were looking at a few more breakthroughs and, and probably try to, you know, uh, um, uh, restrict us to a, a reasonable total. But I think the way he batted again in the setting, second innings was outstanding. And therefore, lots of chat about India's team selection and the absence of a second spinner. Do you feel his performance absolutely vindicated that selection? <laughs> well, look, we, we never go uh, towards analysis and statistics and numbers. I think people have got jobs to do. You know, they have to focus on a few certain things. Within the group, in the change room, we, fo we know what we focus on. And then we take a collective call as to what feels like the best uh, combination for us to walk on the field with. And whatever feels best balanced, we just go ahead and we believe that we can win test matches with that bowling lineup or that batting lineup as well. So whatever the noise on the outside, we don't really bother with that. We just have belief in our group and that's carrying us forward. Um, a final word, Ravi Shastri, of course, the coach, one or two of the staff not here, absent, probably watching on television right now. A word for them. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate they're not here, uh, but they did call the team just now. Everyone's very happy, obviously, with the win. Also, we get ahead in the series with one test match to play. Um, it's, it's absolutely a great momentum booster because we've been here for a long time and now this gives us even more motivation to go out there and, you know, try and win the next one as well. Um, we, we have everything that we need to win. Uh, we have the belief, we have the team. Even though we rested a couple of our bowlers, we still stood up and, you know, guys did the job with ball and, and bat in hand and in the field as well. So we just, we're just looking forward to opportunities, um, you know, of, of stepping onto the field and playing for India and being proud about it. Star Spangled Band at the time. It's 17 to 12 on this sensational 27 degree None day. Tyson Beatty has just come in from outside. How good is the water? Oh, it's from the magnificent, Goss. It's uh, perfect. Spring has sprung. You can smell the jasmine in the air. It's Who? The jasmine, you know, the, the, the plant. It's oh, is it a plant? Yeah. The rice. I thought you were talking about the rice. <laughs> I love jasmine rice. <laughs> hey, have you? do you recognize this sound? Pass the beam. Everlast on the mic. Here we go. Jump around. College ball. Yeah, that's that's been doing the rounds on social. It's so it's it's one of the great traditions in college football. Eighty thousand people pack uh, a stadium uh, called the University of Wisconsin is where it's at. Uh, played there twice, and it is one of the most incredible atmospheres anyone could so ever you imagine. Played when they did that. Yeah, so it's and a three-quarter time tradition. Every three-quarter time of every game. Yeah, of every game. Is so there's right? there's forty thousand in their student section, and they go ballistic. Oh, okay. So when the so when the Eagles fans do the Mexican wave, it doesn't quite have the same. <laughs> doesn't have the same. Yeah. Uh, well, and Frio fans go. Yeah. The thing about college Rio. sports, the tailgating and, and the age of the demographic, obviously their kids, their yeah. students, they're excited, they get into it. So that's why it's such an active and, and vibrant kind of atmosphere of the um, of college football. Incredible seeing all of those uh, during the week. Of course, college ball, uh, it's uh, it's huge. Let's talk about the NFL because this is what Star Spangled Banner is about, all about, of course, Today, well, it's um, one of the things we're all about, but it's it's the first week of the season. Well, mate, guys. I've got it here, yep. and it says, "I quote, opening round, Hi guys, all gridiron today." No, because it's the first week of the NFL this week, so there's a lot of excitement in the air. 
right? So condensed season, so it's a short. He's telling me off on air. <laughs> I know. We're having I, a fight on I, air. I got to watch myself. <laughs> it's your show. It's your show. First game, the Bucks and Dallas. Yeah. yeah. So the Bucks and uh, so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the reigning Super Bowl champions. Yep. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are probably the biggest biggest club by following in the NFL, and it's going to be a great game. Friday morning, it's on TV uh, about nine thirty uh, Perth time, and it should be a really good game. Yep. Well, uh, we'll be watching that. There's no doubt. Now, Tom Brady's been crook. Yeah, Tom Brady got COVID. So he actually revealed that. If people remember, Tom Brady, um, after the Super Bowl, uh, had a bit of a fun time. And he's so, you know, he's the kind of the equivalent of the Mad Monday. He was out in a boat and looked like he was having a lot of fun. He actually contracted COVID then, set him back oh. a lot in his preseason. He's only just revealed that. But I'm sure he'll be good to go. 44 years of age, Tom oh, Brady. Incredible. Imagine being 44 again. What about other games to watch? What are we looking forward to? Yeah, there's a couple of other games. Just just, just if people are interested and they don't know too much about the, the good teams this year. So the Bills and Steelers, that's a game that's on Perth, Perth TV. It's on ESPN. Yep. Browns and Chiefs yep. on Seven Mate as well on Monday morning. Those are the two two picks of oh, all the games. We can get on free to wear TV. We've got we? about eight. Uh, games across the weekend, about four of them are on free-to-air TV. Wow! Um, and so, yeah, so there's there's a lot of access to it now. Who who do you barrack for? Well, I go for the I go for the Colts because that's that was the team Is that, that Indianapolis Indianapolis. So because I went to Indiana, um, spent a bit of time with the Colts, couldn't get a gig with them, but. I did end up following because I thought they were a great, great team. Won a Super Bowl when I was there at that time. And you have got for me, which team do you think will be the team to rise? Okay, so the team team on the move this year, the Los Angeles Chargers. They've got a young quarterback named Justin Herbert in his second year. Um, the Chargers originally were in San Diego. Darren Bennett was a was a member oh, yeah. of the Chargers, the great Darren Bennett, yeah, Darren former Bennett. West Coast and Beat Melbourne me player. Jump. You know that story? Really? Yeah, been in high jump in year nine. How did you Paths cross then. He was at East Fremantle High and I was at Hollywood High and we were in the internet school sports. No, no, no. no. There's no such thing as East Fremantle High. Apple Cross High? No, it was at East Fremantle. Really? Pretty okay. sure there was an East Fremantle High. <laughs> back, way back there. And Darren, I stand corrected on that. Someone might be able to correct me. If anyone knows, 0487736. I've never heard of East Fremantle High before. Okay. It has hey, to be Apple Cross High. No, it wasn't Apple Cross High. It was either Melville High or East Fremantle High. I know. You start to really grind the gears now. You don't know the southern suburbs that well, do you? Mate, it was nineteen <laughs> bloody seventy something. Oh, was that recent? <laughs> Google Eastern Mountain High. Did it ever exist, Darren? Ben, I'm going to ask him. Darren, Darren actually, Bennett. I actually messaged him. Yeah, Darren Bennett. Darren Bennett's still in America, lives in Oklahoma now. His son played college football for a little while for the University of Tulsa. Uh, for those that remember, Darren Bennett kicked eighty goals in a season for Melbourne one year. He was a very good player. Keep going. <laughs> I'll tell you about the team to rise. So LA Chargers got them. The team to fall this year. What's the I've, time in America right now? It's uh, well, it's it's, it's coming up to um, midnight, so it's it's pretty late. Uh-huh. You might be watching. Sorry, here, yeah, so. yeah, midnight. So no, it anyway. wasn't South Fremantle High School. <laughs> there is, Seriously, there you was blokes. a South Fremantle High School. It's now I called know. Fremantle College. So I'm just trying to. <sighs> Just trying to correct Tim, you. Here. That's right. Okay. The team to fall this year, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, they've been up for a very long time. They did nothing really significantly in off-season um, free agency and trade. So I think they're going to probably fall down the, the list. I'm just going to keep going here while you look keep at that. Keep going. I'm, the just, Super I'm texting Bo- Darren as we speak. My Super Bowl pick, so you can record record this, Chris, because he's going to pull me up on this in about four months' time. Yeah, recording. Uh, the Cleveland Browns against the Green Bay Packers. The, the Browns have been terrible for a long time, but they've really developed over the last couple of seasons. They played playoffs last year, and the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, I think he's determined to go all the way this year and win the Super Bowl. That's my that's my Super Bowl pick, the Browns yep. versus the Packers. As opposed to versing. Yes. 
Yes, versing. Don't, don't, how did that creep into our vernacular? I, I'm not sure. It's probably yeah, a little bit American Bad teaching. Let me let me tell you. No, I, I want to I want to discuss player power in the NFL versus the AFL goss because yeah. I think this is quite interesting on the back of the Lockie Neal situation and players having the option to force force movement a bit more in the NFL. Two players stayed put that wanted trades this year. Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the yes. for the Green Bay Packers, and Deshaun Watson, who's got some legal trouble, so it's, it's a little bit more complicated. But I think it's interesting how, despite the power of of players in the NFL and how much money they earn, they can't just force a trade whenever they want. The the club still manages to hold them to account. The only time it's ever happened where a player has actually held out for the entire season is Le'Veon Bell at the Pittsburgh Steelers. His career didn't work out very well after that. So it's interesting how we think the players, even though they earn more money in the States, clubs tend to hold them to their contracts a lot harder. All righty. What else you got for us today? Oh, uh, yeah. The college did, crowd. Did, did you find out the answer? Nah. Well, he's asleep, obviously. <laughs> midnight. You said it's midnight, isn't it? <laughs> uh, like, all, all I've said was... Which high school did you go to when we high jumped against each other? And for all this time going on, I didn't know what school he went to, but I thought at the time, in year eight or nine, it was East Fremantle High. It could have been Melville. Yeah. Could have been Melville. There's no such thing as East Fremantle High. No, there's not now. (laughs) Oh, you're a (laughs) has-been. There was a South Fremantle High. My dad taught there. Mate. Right. And and I can tell you. you, His dad, he's the deputy principal at Rossmont. Oh, goodness. Okay. And he's uh, a mad Dockers man. Yeah, Chris Clopin is our special K, our producer. Well, I come from a family of teachers, and I tell you, they've got too much time off. Um, oh, yeah. oh, there it is. <laughs> what about now, that? Now, uh, I wanted to – yeah, we wanted to talk about college football crowds. Why are they so active? I suppose it's like – it's one of those things, and people are amazed at, at all the crowds and probably concerns around COVID and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. the students um, – the student sections are big things. So they tailgate before the games. They have barbecues in, in the outside of the game, all that sort of stuff. And it's a great tradition. I heard the Perth Heat may be considering that. Applecross as, Senior High School. I was right. Say it. He went – yeah, you were right. <laughs> It Can says, you record that? He said he went to Applecross on yeah. his on his social media. It said Applecross yep. Senior. Yeah, you went to Applecross High School. Yeah, yeah, you could go under the jump, not over it. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I thought it was Eastern Adult. I stand corrected. I do apologise. Yep. And the show's all yours for the next ten minutes. Oh, <laughs> I go ahead, go and have a good hard look at myself. Yeah, that's that's fine. I, I want to give you an update on the Pro Kick Academy guys yes. and how they're going. And this is not yes. a shameless plug on the, the Pro Kick Academy, which I do a little bit of coaching with. No drums. But um, they did very well the first weekend. The guys. So the first round of college football was last weekend. The first round of NFL starts this weekend. Five NFL punters from Australia this season which is pretty impressive. Aaron Sipos yes, got the job at Philadelphia. So he made the cut-down list. Uh, for those that remember, Aaron Sipos played about 40 games for yep, St Kilda. Yep. Um, good good player. Should have, should have played Had more. big boot. Yeah, stuck in a, a good midfield at the time. But a great leg. He will make the squad for the, uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. So five in the NFL and about 17 college football. Um, Out of a hundred. <laughs> uh, now I saw someone say, "Who is who could go from current day AFL?" Yeah, I, I noticed Seven AFL sort of pondered that one. And Daniel uh, Rich. Uh, Daniel Rich has has always had a is had it a too big old leg. though. Can you be? Is there an age thing? Do you think it might be a bit of a problem for Richie? Not really. Savroka made the NFL. He was the oldest player to play NFL in history, or as a debut at thirty three. Okay. Uh, ben Graham was pretty old as well when he played. So yeah. I don't I don't think age is really a factor. Until you get probably into your late 30s, your leg strength starts to wear off. Bunga Hearn. 
Bunga Hearn. I've, 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 I've planted that seed, but it's probably not a good idea given that I work for the club that we want to keep him at. <laughs> um, but he could definitely do it. I think Mackenzie, uh, certainly from Port Adelaide, is yeah. has got a big, Trent big McKenzie, boot. Yeah. Trent McKenzie and uh, Daniel Rich are probably the, the two ones that really stand out yeah, uh, in the NFL. Hey, uh, mate, I really appreciate you coming in today. Yeah, thanks, because you, you hardly contributed to the conversation. You were just questioning facts that <laughs> you are from Bunbury and yeah. you live in the western suburbs so just remember that you, oh, hey, I think hey, hey, hey. southern suburbs down where the battlers are oh what you reckon I'm not a battler have you seen have you seen the throw out the throw out your dead on my street it's been there for four weeks I look it looks like the Bronx <laughs> what are you talking about well the council won't come and do pick up the throw out you know you, the curbside collection the curbside collections only happen in the western suburbs now you do skip bins that's the big thing I take days. a skip bin every day of the week <laughs> You'd be the first thing I'll throw into it. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming in. Star Spangled Banter every Tuesday. Maybe we'll do it again next week. It's 27 degrees. Have you got a tractor story? I have a great tractor story. I'll Can't wait to hear it one day. JJ from Jero, Zach from Willerton, Peter, Charlie, Mully, Troy, Brad, Mully's Ray. working on the Collie Racetrack. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I heard. He's not meant to be, but he's just working on it. <laughs> Karen from Eaton. Wayne from Belmont, Marcus yep. from Bicton, beautiful part of the world, and Diane from my pens and my laptop and my phone, and I'm out. Hey, don't forget, tomorrow, 10 o'clock, back here again, Friday morning, Angus Brayshaw in full. If you miss any of our show, we need to build up our audience on our podcast catch-up. Sporting Goss, Gillian Goss. Download it, watch it. Subscribe. Subscribe to it, follow it, review it, like it, love it, cuddle it. Kiss it, smooch with it, get us up there. Thanks for your company. Catch you tomorrow from 10. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91